Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Like, I don't really think that, but I'm going to say that because Pastor said so. No, but all of you look good. Amen. All of you look fantastic. I just appreciate you being here. And isn't there a sweet spirit in the house today? Amen. So we've been talking about the, the last week of Jesus. And Jesus knew, Jesus knew that he was on his way to the cross. The cross, we're going to talk about it next week, the cross was a horrible death. And not only did Jesus go to the cross, but he also suffered the flogging, which exposed his organs and ripped off his skin. He knew that was coming. As I sat with my dad in the hours leading up to his surgery, there was an anxiousness about him, and some of you know what I'm talking about. As he was going into surgery, he just felt this uneasiness about it because he knew what they were about to do. He knew they were going to cut him open, and, and they were going to pull out his old hip and put in a new one, and he knew the pain that he was going to be under, and he was anxious. And I tried to, to calm him the best that I could, and I looked at him, and I said, you know, it's not going to hurt me at all. <laughs> Somehow that didn't calm him. <laughs> So I just tried to calm him, and I tried to just talk to him. But, you know, surgery is a difficult thing to go through, isn't it? I've had some surgery that I was anxious about, and there was things that I had to go through that I didn't enjoy. But imagine going to the cross. Imagine knowing that you're about ready to go through one of the most horrible experiences that you can, you can possibly go through, and no one since no one before has ever experienced death in such a traumatic and horrible way. And that's what Jesus went through. And, and, and you knew this was about to happen, but everybody around you really didn't understand. And so Jesus began to talk to them. And as we talked about last week, he began to talk to them about how I'm going to prepare a place for you. Amen. Even in the moment when Jesus knew he was about to die, he knew he was going to die. He's, he's pouring into other people, isn't he? Isn't that a great thing about Jesus? He wasn't focused on himself. He wasn't saying, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. I don't want to do this. Now, later on, he said, Lord, if there's another way, let's try that. But nevertheless, your will be done and not mine. But that was directly to his father, not to anybody else. Amen. But he didn't go to his disciples and say, hey, I don't want to do this. And, and he didn't get emotional about it. He said, I know what I got to do. Amen. But before I go, I want to talk to you guys about some things. I want to pour into you. I want to get real with you. See, that's what I love about Jesus is he gets real with you, doesn't he? He's not some fake thing that we have. Does anybody in this room hate fakeness like I do? Anybody hate when a politician gets up and says, th says things that you know they're just saying it just to get elected? Don't you hate it when a preacher gets up and says things just so they'll get more money in the offering pot or they'll get more seat, people in the seats? Or you have other people who are just trying to be your friends so they can talk about you later? 
Amen. You know what I'm talking about, right? But see, Jesus always spoke the truth. And his first words out of his mouth was, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. If I can actually say the word, I'm going to go make a place for you. Amen. And then after that, I want you to know, and he said a whole bunch of stuff. I'm kind of hitting the highlights. After that, you're going to do greater things than me. Amen. Now think about that for a moment. I'm going to rehash this for a moment. Greater things. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you right now because you know I speak the truth. I don't see the church doing greater things. I'm just going to be real with you right now. I don't see the church doing greater things, do we? But it's about time the church stand up and recapture our first love, which is Jesus, and do greater things. Amen? He has given us, he has emboldened us, and it doesn't just have to be the pastor. Listen, I know the, 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 the way things are done is when something's going on, when i got to call the pastor because he's the only one that can pray. I can assure you I am not the only one who can pray. Amen? We have some prayer warriors in this church. We have some people who are anointed of God. They don't have to be the pastor. They can talk to God just as good as I can. Amen? They can talk to God. Amen? As a matter of fact, I'm sending someone... I'm sending someone to the hospital today because I can't go to go in my stead. And not really in my stead. They're going in the name of Jesus to lay their hands on someone to show them and cause them to come into the kingdom and accept Jesus. Amen. I don't have to go every time. The Bible said we will do greater works. Amen. We will do greater works. But I tell you what, and listen, I know that God has put me in the position of pastor and shepherd, but we are, in the, we are all sheep together, amen? I'm a sheep just like you. I'm the sheep just like you, and I want to tell you, that doesn't make me any more special or any less special than anybody here. We are all God's army, amen? We are all God's warriors. We are all God's kingdom, and it's time the church does greater things, amen? Now, how do we do greater things? How do we do greater things? We understand that when Jesus left, he says, I'm not going to make you an orphan. In other words, I'm not going to make it to where you feel alone. When I was in Guatemala about two and a half to three years ago, 2019 I think is when I went down there. When I was down there, is about a 75 orphans. And I remember them telling me one story of one of the orphans. As a matter of fact, I shared a story on social media yesterday, but they told me one story of how a child was told by his parents, we want you to go into Guatemala City because we can't take care of you anymore. And your uncle's going to be there waiting for you at the bus station. So when you get there, and this child was five years old, I'm going to say it again. He was five years old. They put him on the bus by himself and sent him to the largest city in Guatemala. A city known for its crime. A city known for its human trafficking. A city known for being anything but inhospitable to people. And so they sent this young boy to Guatemala City. And he got off the bus station looking for his uncle that he never met. And he's looking all around for his uncle. And guess what? There was never an uncle. Can I say that again? There was never an uncle. Can I get a little bit more monitor on this, please? Thank you. 
There was never an uncle. Because what had happened is parents didn't want him anymore. They couldn't take care of him. And they said, we can't have you anymore. We're going to send you off. And this child wandered around the city for five days. No food, nothing to have. And they had abandoned him until this orphanage took him in and took care of him. Now that young man is an accountant in Guatemala because someone took him in and loved him and cared for him. And that's what our church does. Amen. That's what our church does. But just like Jesus understood that when he left, he says, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. In other words, I'm going to send you somebody. I'm going to send you a helper. Praise God. In John chapter, chapter 1, verses 14, 1 through 14, or 1 through 4, he says this. Let's put the verse up first that I had up there. Put the verse up there. I want to read that first. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Put the scripture up there for me. John 14, 50 through 17. Here it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. See, he sent us helper. Because we don't have the benefit of actually seeing Jesus. But I tell you one thing, we can feel his spirit this morning. Amen? Listen to this in verses 1 through 4. He, can, he states that he is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. It's not going to be up here on the screen. Just listen to me. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Let me ask you this morning. Is your heart troubled this morning? It amazes me how many Christians' hearts are troubled. Now, I don't say that in an accusatory or, or condemning fashion because my heart has been troubled lately. Amen? Because of the things that I'm going through personally, the things that I'm dealing with, my heart becomes troubled sometimes. And there has to come a moment when we lay all that aside and say, Jesus, I believe in you. Amen? Jesus, I believe in you. I know that you can take care of this. Verse 2, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... You know what? I pulled up the wrong sermon. Hold on. Let's try this again. I did not get a lot of sleep this weekend. Here we go. Let's try this again. 1426. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance of all things that I said to you. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you this morning, there's three things that the Lord is going to do for you. Three things that he did. First of all, he's, you, he's going to teach, or do these three things. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to teach you. Number two, he's going to remember, help you remember all things. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a moment? Have you ever been in a trial? Have you ever been in a time where you've been struggling and all of a sudden a verse comes back to your mind? Have you had a moment where you were just wanting to know the right direction or the right thing to do, and all of a sudden something that you read comes back to your mind? That is the Holy Ghost, amen? If you wonder why I continually say, read the Word of God, read the Word of God, read the Word of God, because the God can't bring something back to your mind that you haven't already put in you. Can I say that again? The Lord can't bring something back to you that he has not already put in you. Read the word of God. Don't just listen to the words of the sermon. 
Read the word of God. We retain so much more. Amen. Read the word of God. I want to tell you this morning that it is not my job this morning as a pastor. It is not my job to cause you to remember things. I can remind you, but it is the job of the Holy Spirit to teach you and remind you. I cannot be with you in that moment when you're about ready to make a decision that you shouldn't make. I can't be with you in that moment when you're about to do something that you shouldn't do. It is the Holy Spirit that looks at you and says, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't read that. Don't look at that. Don't go down that path. Amen. The Holy Spirit reminds us. He teaches us. Amen. The third thing that he does is he guides you to truth. Listen, the Bible's a the Bible's a difficult thing to understand sometimes. How many have questions about the Bible and what it says? Can I can I tell you something that theologians who have studied the Bible their whole life, if they were honest with you, they would tell you they don't understand everything either. You know why? Because God reveals things to us slowly. It is a slow revelation. He's not going to show you everything at once. There are parts of the Bible that sometimes some people just don't understand because it's hidden from us. We don't get it. It's a mystery, amen? But praise God, he will guide you to the truth, amen? That's why we have to look at our theology as evolving and growing. I'm not saying there's not key things that we believe. We believe in the resurrection, amen? We believe in the virgin birth. We believe that Jesus died on the cross. But sometimes we have this attitude about us that that this is what I believe and I, I won't believe anything else. And it's not even in Scripture. We believe things that people People have taught us, and not what the Word of God says. And I want to tell you this morning, unless the church gets back to the Word of God, we will never understand the truth. Amen? We will never understand the truth. The problem is, even today, we don't even know what truth is. I've heard this expression before, well, that is my truth. You've heard that? I believe in this, and that is my truth. I believe in science. You heard that? You know, I just think that's the stupidest thing in the world to say because science 20 years ago was different than science today. Amen? Science three years ago was different from science today. Remember they were telling us during the pandemic that you absolutely have to do this, and now they're going, oops, we messed up. I'm not trying to start a political debate. I'm just trying to say it's funny to me when they say science is absolute. It is not absolute. There is only one absolute, and that is God and his word. Amen. I want to tell you this morning that only God is absolute. I trust in God. Amen. Because that's when he says he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way or no alternative to the way to Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, Allah is not God. Can I tell you that this morning? Oh, no, he's similar, Pastor. No, he is not. Allah is not my Jehovah God. 
I don't have time to go into the reasons why. I just want to tell you Allah is not God. Amen. There is one God, and his name is Jehovah. His name is Elohim. His name is Jehovah Jireh. His name is Jehovah Rapha. His name is Jehovah Nisi. Amen. I want to tell you there is one God this morning, and the only way to God is through his son, Jesus, this morning. Amen. You know why? Because that is his son. Amen. He said, if you want to come to me, you're going to have to respect my son who died on the cross. Amen. You got to go through the way that Jesus says, I am the door. The, the one who tries to enter in another way is the same as a thief and a robber. You know what we do to thief and robbers? Well, maybe not our political system today. <laughs> We're supposed to put them in jail, aren't we? But today, that doesn't really happen. We don't allow them to be part of us, right? Now, I'm not talking about part of church. We don't allow them to be part of society, amen? And I want to tell you this morning, it is Jesus. That is the direction that we have to go. You cannot dab in other types of religion. You cannot dab in other types of ways. He is the only way, amen? Jesus, say that with me. Jesus, Jesus, he is the only way. He is the only way to connect to righteousness. He is the only way that forgives us. And so when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm going to send you somebody to help you with that. I'm going to send you somebody. I'm going to send you somebody to help you. Because see, Jesus himself, the physical body of Jesus is not with us this morning. But we can feel him this morning, though, can't we? Do you know how we feel him this morning? It's because he sent us that helper. Some other versions of the Bible say he sent us a comforter. Amen? Now think about that for a moment. How many times when you're going through a trial and tribulation do you use somebody to just comfort you? How many times when you're going through something you need somebody to just put their arm around you and say, it's okay? I'm with you. You're not alone. Amen. Has anybody been through a trial this week? I want to tell you this morning that there is a comforter this morning you can call on. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Amen. Holy Spirit, we love you and adore you. Now that sounds weird, us worshiping the Holy Spirit, right? He is part of the Godhead just like Jesus said. We worship God the Father. We worship Jesus. We worship the Spirit of God. Amen. God sent us his spirit to draw us to Jesus, to draw us to the Father. Now, here's where it gets interesting. How we respond to the Holy Spirit is completely dependent upon us. I'm going to say that one more time because I love repeating myself. How we respond to the Holy Spirit completely is up to us. Let me explain. You see, in verses 21 and 22, chapter 20, Jesus did this. And Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them. Jesus breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is significant. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, 
when God formed man out of the dust of the earth, you know what he did? The Bible says that he breathed into them. Are you following me? Are you with me? And so by Jesus breathing into us, that showed that we were a new creation. Amen? God is restoring us to the creation that he started back in the Garden of Eden. Amen? He's saying, this is a broken world, and now I am giving you back your relationship with God the Father. Amen? I am breathing into you. Now you possess the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now think about that for a second. The same Spirit that rose God from the, rose Christ from the dead now dwells in our mortal bodies. Here we go. Here we go. You know we're Pentecostal, right? Anybody feeling tired this morning? You feeling tired? Do we need to get up and do some jumping jacks? Listen, I don't like to get emotional for the sake of emotion. But man, I tell you what, it's high time the church get excited about something, okay? We need to get excited about something. If we can go to, see, I, I didn't go this week because I was in Anchorage, but I watched gold medal. I saw what everybody was doing. I, I, man, the, phone, the, the people were going nuts. There were people dancing in the middle of the court, right, which was I thought was a beautiful sight. And people jumping up and down, raising their hands. Somebody made a, a shot, and everybody got excited. Who was it? I think Huna won. Is that right? And then Juno won. And, and uh uh, it's just, it was amazing games. There was a double overtime. And I, I can imagine during, I know I've used this example a lot, but bear with me, okay? I can imagine during that overtime, because this is how we act in church. I'm imagining this is the way it was a gold medal. During the, the double overtime, people were like this. Go team. I got to sit down. Everybody sit down. Okay. Yeah, they just made a basket. You know, I think that was a foul. But I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm sure the ref is doing the best he can. Oh, yay, another basket. Does that, is that how it was? Is that how it was, a gold medal? No, everybody was screaming, ah! He made a basket, and they were calling ref names that I've never heard before, <laughs> right? And listen, that's all in good fun, and I understand that. But if we can get that excited at a basketball game, then maybe you have bragging rights for a year. How can we not get excited about the Holy Spirit and what he does this morning? Amen? Listen, I'm not... I'm not trying to get you something to do that you're not comfortable doing, but sometimes we need to be uncomfortable, amen? Sometimes we need to step out of our box, step out of our comfort zone, raise those hands, jump to our feet, and say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, amen? Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, God. Amen. Some people come into church and they leave and say, how come God didn't bless me? But they're sitting there with their arms crossed, seated down with their rear end nailed to the seat. You're not going to get blessed if you don't give something back to God. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, God has sent his Holy Spirit to us. Amen. God has sent his Holy Spirit. Well, pastor, I'm not comfortable with that. Good. It's not meant to be comfortable. 
I'm sure when they were speaking in tongues, pouring out of the upper room in Acts chapter 2, they were going, oh, my Lord, what are we doing? I'm not comfortable. It's not about being comfortable. I would rather be uncomfortable here than uncomfortable in heaven when God says, how come you didn't worship me? Man, I tell you what, isn't that going to be weird? We stand before God and God says, hey, I, my spirit was there. How come you didn't worship me? What, what's going on? Did I not bless you? Did I not give you life? Well, I didn't really like the pastor pressuring me. <laughs> Listen, that's the least of your worries, okay? I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm not pressuring you. I'm inviting you. Come on now. I'm not pressuring you. I'm inviting you, Randy. I'm inviting you, Robert. I'm inviting you to walk in the Spirit, to run in the Spirit, to be filled with His Spirit, to let the Holy Spirit draw you in and become greater than. Man, I tell you what, is anybody tired of walking around barely getting by? Is anybody tired of walking around not knowing what they're going to do next? Is anybody tired of walking around with the devil defeating them and lying to them and taking their family members? Is anybody tired of the devil taking your family members to cancer or to drugs or to alcohol? Is anybody tired of the devil running over your life and doing whatever he wants? It is time for the church to stand up, to stand up, to stand up and become holy in God's eyes. Amen. Listen, I know I'm yelling. I get it. You know why I'm yelling? Because I'm not at gold medal. And I got something better than gold medal. I got something better than gold medal. I got the precious Holy Spirit of God in my life, and I believe that God is going to do something great. See, you can decide the depth and level of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can go what I call step one. Step one is when the Holy Spirit draws you. Do you think you came to church because it was up to you? No, the Holy Spirit drew you here. Holy Spirit says you need to go to church. You're not here because you just woke up one day and decided that. No, the Holy Ghost drew you here, amen? So you have a chance right now to accept that initial invitation. For some of you, it may be salvation. Where you open the door to your home and say, yes, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. See, when you open the door to the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes into your heart and you're saved. Amen. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you are saved. Amen. You don't have to do these works. You don't have to change because the Holy Spirit is going to change you. Amen. I want to tell you this morning that some of you are in that entry level because you need to just come to Jesus. You need to be willing to let him come into your life. That's just the first step, and that first step is radical because even with that first step, you now have access to heaven. You now can go to heaven, amen? Now think about that for a moment. If I were to have an envelope right here this morning, and I said, in this envelope, I have two tickets to Hawaii. Let me say that again. Two tickets to Hawaii. Where do you guys like to go to Hawaii? Kauai? Kauai? 
Two tickets to Kauai or Maui. How many people would bull rush down here to try to get those tickets? How many people would be injured, amen? I probably wouldn't give them away. I'd take them for myself. I love to go to Hawaii, amen? Because down there they had something that's amazing. It's called sunshine. Although we got sunshine today, isn't that cool? Yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself. But why is it colder when there's sunshine? I haven't figured that out yet. Never understood Alaska. When it's sunshine and beautiful, it's cold. I kind of want the clouds to come back. But in Hawaii, you get the sunshine. So if I said right now that you, I had these two tickets and it would be a free flight in first class. Anybody ever ridden in first class before? It is a pleasure. I'm telling you what, they, they come up to you and they, you know, I'm just going to say me because the rest of you aren't named Mr. Green. They come up to you, Mr. Green, is there anything I can do for you? Can I get you a soda? Can I give you a wet towel? Can I... Can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? Oh, yes, that would be very nice. Thank you. So if I said I had tickets and they were two first-class tickets and, and they were going to Hawaii and it was at a resort and everything was paid for, how many would, would bull rush down to the podium here and say, it's mine, it's mine? I bet, I bet there's some people that you look all, you know, maybe you look a little frail, but you'd be knocking people over, you know, with your cane, beating them off. Get away, that's mine. Have injuries up here, having to call the hospital with an ambulance. We got people down, people down. You guys be fighting each other. But yet, when I bring to you the precious, eternal Holy Spirit, there's something about us that hesitates. A trip to Hawaii is nice, but you know what? You can't stay there. You're going to have to come back one day, okay? You can't stay there in more than a few days because it's just too expensive, isn't it? As fun as it is, and, you know, you have to deal with all those chickens down there as well. For people that have been down there, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, what I'm talking about today is an eternal bliss, an eternal glory. When you accept Jesus into your life, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, we are working for the eternal, and we are going to rooms of glory, amen, rooms that have taken over 2,000 years to build. Now, I've been around construction, and sometimes construction takes weeks. I remember somebody telling me, oh, this will just take a few days, and it took four months. <laughs> I won't say who that is. <laughs> this is just a few days, four months later. <laughs> and I, I was actually, it's really seven months later, <laughs> But I'm just telling you, sometimes things happen, right? It wasn't their fault, just things that happen. But I want to tell you right now, he's been working on our place for 2,000 years, and I'm ready to go see it with you. Amen? And he says, if you'll just give him your heart, the Holy Spirit draws us to him. And the next thing that happens to him, as we invite the Holy Spirit in, the Holy Spirit comes to us and says, you know, this is great. But I, I'm, I'm just a visitor here. You're not, you're not making me feel welcome. You know how many people just have the Holy Spirit come into their life because they don't want to go to hell. They're not really willing to change their life. But they've really accepted Jesus for the wrong reasons when there's so much more. And so the Holy Spirit begins to say, I want, I want control over your whole house. I want control over your house. I want control over this room. I want control over this room. And he begins to, to go throughout your house, which is your heart, and he begins to start cleaning. 
You ever had someone come over to your house and just start cleaning? What do you do? Do you stop them? No, you go, God bless you, go ahead. My mother-in-law is coming up in a couple months, and I know she's going to go on a cleaning rampage and cooking rampage. I'm just going to bless her. Go ahead. If you want to wash clothes, dear sister, you wash clothes, because that's my job, and I don't really like washing clothes. That's just how she is. She likes to feel useful. When her husband came up before he passed, he would mow the grass for me. And I'm like, you go. (laughs) Amen? You go. Praise God. And he enjoyed it. He goes, you mind if I cut your grass? No, go ahead. That doesn't offend me at all. Amen. And so when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he brings the broom. Amen. He begins knocking down the cobwebs. Amen. He begins to he begins to clean out where the rats and mice have been. Now, I know that sounds disgusting, but come on, some things in our lives are kind of disgusting, aren't they? He be, he's not afraid to get in there and get dirty, so to speak, and begin sweeping out the things in our life that don't need to be there. See, I don't have to get up and tell you this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, because the Holy Spirit begins to do that in your life. Amen? I don't have to tell you to quit smoking. I don't have to tell you to quit doing alcohol, because the closer you get to Jesus, the Holy Spirit says, hey, stop doing that, it's bad for you. How many families have been destroyed by alcohol? When I was in the, the, uh, uh, the court system, when we had uh, the, the grand jury or whatever it's called, 99% of the cases that came before us involved drugs and alcohol. There was violence because they said, I don't know what happened to me. I began drinking and I became a different person. Don't sit there and tell me that drinking is okay. I've seen what it does to families, okay? But I don't have to say that because the Holy Spirit says that, amen? The Holy Spirit looks at you when you're on your social media and says, you shouldn't be watching that. Or maybe when you go to respond... (laughs) Don't say that. The Holy Spirit does more than just talking in tongues. Sometimes he tells you to shut up, okay? Sometimes he tells you to be quiet because your voice is not needed at that moment, okay? Listen, sometimes what we need to do is pray for people instead of judging them, amen? I get tired of people that I know they claim to be, they think they're highly spiritual, and they get on Facebook, and all they do is condemn, condemn, condemn. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, amen? I've never seen someone come to Jesus by being condemned. I don't have to condemn. The Holy Spirit draws them, amen. And how are they going to listen if my life isn't what it needs to be? You can't go into the bar and drink and be drunk and say, have I told you about Jesus? (laughs) Can I share with you about Jesus? They're not going to take you seriously, and neither will I. You can't be smoking a joint. I'm getting real now, okay? Is that okay? I can't be smoking a joint. Don't ask me how I know. We don't need to get into that right now. You can't be smoking a joint. Hey, before I pass this to you, can I talk to you about Jesus? <laughs> you can't do that, okay? You can't sit there and yell at the, at the, the lady in Fred Meyer for, for checking out your groceries and call her every name in the book and call her worthless and say, by the way, I want to invite you to the Glacier Valley Church of God. 
Don't ever let those words come out of your mouth. Tell it, say a different church or something, okay? Listen, we, we love on people. You can't look at your waitress at the Valley or Donna's restaurant and not give her a decent tip that helps her to earn a living and love on them and tell them they're doing a God, good job even when they don't and share the love of Jesus, amen? See, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he removes those things about us like anger. Anybody have anger issues? Don't raise your hand. Some of you are like, yeah, hey, that's me. <laughs> hey, guess what? I'm raising my hand. I, you know, we all have things that we deal with, right? But the Holy Spirit begins chipping away. Praise God. The Holy Spirit begins chipping away. And when, you, when Jesus knew, when he sent the Holy Spirit, that he had to send something to help change our lives. Amen. It doesn't make me perfect. It makes me being worked on. I am under construction. Amen. And there's a point where the Holy Spirit says, looks at us, and he says, all right, I got everything cleaned up. I'd appreciate it if you would dirty it up again. That's my frustration with doing laundry. I do laundry, and they, people keep wearing clothes in my house. The alternative it does it, is not better, but I'm just saying. But the Holy Spirit looks, and there's a closet. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us. Okay, what's in that closet? Oh, Lord, no, no, don't go there. Don't go there. That, that closet, that's, no, that, no, don't. Can I just take you over here? No, the Holy Spirit says, what's in that closet? Like, he knows what's in the closet, doesn't he? See, the Lord knew when he sent the Holy Spirit that he needed to guide us into truth. And either we give ourselves totally to Jesus or not at all. But, but God, in that closet, there were some things that happened to me when I was a kid. There were some things that were done to me. And I, I, I don't want to deal with that, God. And the Holy Spirit just begins, says, speaking to us, I'll deal with it with you. I'm going to bring healing to you. I'm going to bring healing to you. But God, you don't understand, I, I just, I've ignored that, and I pretended it didn't exist. And the Holy Spirit said, but it does exist. And we have to deal with it. But the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman because he doesn't pressure you. He doesn't force you. But I tell you what he does do is he reminds you. We have this thing in our house that is the object or of disdain for me. I hate it. It's called a trash can. And my wife and my daughter play jingo with it because they stack it and stack it, and stack it, and stack it. And because I'm the man of the house, I'm expected to take it out. I live in a sexist household. And, and I made the comment one time of saying, well, maybe you should take it out. Wrong comment. Wrong comment. So anyway, it stacks up, and now if you drive by my window, there's trash stacked up and, and occasionally 
Occasionally I'll walk by it and they'll say, wow, looks like there's a lot of trash. <laughs> and I just, I just ignore it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go back here. And they put the trash can right by the refrigerator so every time I go get something to drink, there it is. And it's starting to smell. And so every time I go by it, I open the refrigerator, and the thing that I'm about to enjoy, I can't even enjoy anymore because I got this trash. <laughs> so finally I got frustrated. Okay! And I'll yell it out for the whole house to hear. All right, I'm taking the trash out. And I pick it up, and the trash is falling over. And because I waited so long, I now have to make three trips. And the trash is leaking, and it's just miserable, and I take it out, and I take it out of the garbage, in the trash can, and, and my family now says, well, don't you feel better? <laughs> How do I say no where they can understand? I'm like, I had to run up and down the steps three times, and so I'm out of breath, like, <gasps> look at him, he's special. And then they'll bring up exercise after that. This one's a whole other thing. But the moment I took the trash out, I noticed something. I went to go get something out of the refrigerator. It didn't stink anymore, amen. I was able to enjoy getting something out of the refrigerator. I was able to enjoy walking in the kitchen. Praise God. When you take care of that thing that God tells you to take care of, you begin to walk with a step, amen. You begin to walk, and the Holy Spirit just reminds you, he said, hey, there's some trash over there. You need to get rid of that. I don't want to. I'm not going to. And all the time he's saying, okay, come on. Come on. You can do it. And we, we fall down on the floor like a toddler. Ah. Come on. I know I'm not the only one, am I? Man, if we could only do that in the Lord when he begins to remove those things from my life, he sanctifies us. And the last thing that he does, are you ready for this? This is all building up. The last thing that he does for us, and where you are right now depends on where you're going to receive the Lord. Is he fills us with his Holy Ghost. Because see, the Holy Ghost can't come into a vessel that's dirty. He's not going to do it. He's not going to come into a vessel that doesn't serve him. And see, when he fills you with your Holy Ghost or with his Holy Ghost, you begin to have the power of God in your life. Can I tell you what that power is? They begin to play the music a little bit louder for me. He says, out of the come, the gifts of the Spirit, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, when all that mess is out of your life, the Lord gives you gifts to use for the church. Do you think it's the pastor's job to raise people from the dead? To heal? No. It's all of our jobs. You think I'm going to get jealous if you touch somebody and they're healed? No. I'm going to get excited because that means God's using you, okay? We all have our ministry. He doesn't have to use me to do everything. He uses all of us, amen?
Well, pastor, I'm not ready for that. Listen, we're never ready for anything. But when the Holy Ghost decides that we've given it to him, and all of a sudden that Holy Ghost comes on you, you start doing things that you never realized you could do? Well, pastor, I, I have a past. I, I've done some things. Well, we've already cleaned that out, remember? Oh, now see, here we go. Here we go. How many's got a past in here? Can I tell you right now? Does anybody remember their past? Come on, do you remember your past? God doesn't. Oh, man. Can I say that again? God doesn't remember your past. Now, I'm not talking about your past as far as getting up and getting breakfast. I'm talking about some stuff you've done. Right? When I talk about, we know when I'm talking about stuff we've done, right? Things that are not right, right? We know that. But see, when we talk about that, God's like, I don't remember that. You know why? Because he said, I've cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. When we got saved, that was a while back. God said, I don't remember that anymore. I don't remember that. So don't tell me that your past keeps you from serving God. Paul, who was formerly named Saul, had people thrown into prison and had them killed. Has anybody done that? No, you haven't. You are perfectly eligible to work in the gospel and receive and preach the gospel of Christ. Everybody in this room can perform miracles, amen. Everybody in this room can do things for God, amen. Everybody in the, hallelujah, everybody in this room can serve the Lord, amen. Everybody in this room can lay hands on the sick and they're healed, amen. Everybody in this room can look at someone and say, rise in the name of Jesus and they'll rise up. Everybody. Everybody in this room, when you're filled with this Holy Ghost, can look at somebody and say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. Everybody in this room can look at somebody and say, listen, I may not have gone what you've gone through, but I know someone who suffered for you and it could turn your life around. Everybody in this room can be a warrior for God. Everybody in this room can speak the name Jesus over this city. Everybody in this room can defeat the devil in, the, in this city, in this church. Everybody in this room can rise up and become more than what they are. Listen, I love you, but don't come to me and tell me the devil's attacking me. See, the devil's attacking me without you telling me how you're attacking him back. Amen. Don't come to me and tell me the devil's attacking you. Tell me how you're attacking him. Amen. Tell me what you're doing to bring down his kingdom. It's not that I don't care about you, man. I do. I do. But it's time for the church to stop wallowing in the things that are hurting us and stop proclaiming victory or start proclaiming victory. Amen. I declare victory in the house of God this morning. Jeff, I declare victory in the house of God this morning. Amen. Karen, I declare victory in the house of God this morning. JJ, I declare victory in the house of God this morning. I declare victory, John. I declare victory. I declare. God, say it with me. I declare victory. Hallelujah.
I declare victory in the house of God this morning. I declare victory right now. I declare victory, Cassandra. I declare healing in that baby. I declare victory in the name of Jesus. I declare victory, Dora. I declare victory. I declare victory right now. I declare victory in your classroom, Jenny. I declare victory in your classroom. I declare victory in your building. I declare victory at your work, Will. I declare victory in your household this morning. Come on now. I declare victory in the state of Alaska. I declare victory right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I declare victory in your life, Rachel. I declare victory this morning, amen. I declare victory this morning. Listen, and it's time for the church to stop licking its wounds, okay? Because the balm of Gilead has already been provided, amen. It is time for the church to rise up. Because Jesus said, I declare victory at the hospital, Bobby. I declare victory right now. Victory at the hospital. I declare, Bobby, you go into rooms, and as you're talking to people about their food, then all of a sudden they say, listen, I don't feel any pain anymore. Can I get up? And they walk out of the hospital. That's what I declare in the name of Jesus. I declare that. I declare victory. I declare victory right now in the name of Jesus. Listen. I know I'm being a little weird this morning. Who's going to be weird with me? Listen, I'm tired. I'm tired of being pushed around by the devil. I'm tired of being pushed around. Listen, I, I knew it was going to be a tough day when the enemy attacked me. The first thing this morning was the messages that I got. I knew it. I knew, okay, God, we're in for a ride this morning. But I'm telling you, I declare victory today. I declare victory this morning. I declare victory over those struggling mentally. I declare victory over those who are wanting to commit suicide. Listen, there is nothing, nothing that justifies suicide, okay? That is a lie of the enemy. That is a lie of the enemy. Once you are gone, then, then you are the devils. I hate to tell you like that, but there is no coming back from that. I declare victory over people who want to commit suicide. I declare victory over depression this morning. I declare victory over financial loss this morning. I declare victory for God's people this morning. Anybody excited like me? Anybody feeling it this morning? I declare victory in school, young lady. I declare victory... In Costco, RJ, I declare victory this morning. I declare victory in your job, Nick. I declare victory in the, the TSA line. If there, there ever is a place that we need God, it's TSA. Praise God. I declare victory this morning. I declare victory at Fred Myers. I declare victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning. I want to tell you this morning. Listen to me. The devil tried to come in. He tried to take our joy. He tried to take our, our, our distractness this morning. But the Lord God has showed up. It says, I'm here to show you a better way. Some of you need the Holy Ghost this morning. Some of you need to be saved this morning. Some of you need a touch from God this morning. I want to tell you that if you will stand to your feet, it is time to get back to God this morning. Stand to your feet with me. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, God, you are worthy. Shonalamai, Yalamai. Hidalamai, Sunday.
Everybody wishes me standing now. I declare victory in the middle school, God. Lord, I declare victory at the Elizabeth Prodovich Hall, God. Lord, I declare victory at Central Council. Lord, I declare victory at Thunder Mountain High School, God. Lord, I declare victory at Juno High School, God. Lord, I declare victory, God, in Safeway. Lord, I declare victory right now in the Glacier Valley Church of God. I declare victory in our homes this morning, God. Lord, I declare victory. Lord, that when the devil tries to come at us one way, we send him fleeing a hundred ways, God. Hallelujah, right now, God. Oh, we worship you. Oh, we worship you, God. Oh, God, I declare victory over these teachers who are teaching things that are not of you, God. Lord, I'm not against them, God, but I'm against what they're teaching. Lord, I pray right now, victory, God, that you will save them, that you will sanctify them, that you would fill them with your Holy Ghost, God. And as the teacher is there, they look at the kids and say, I have to tell you about my Jesus. I have to tell you about Jesus. Oh, God. Lord, I pray for the prison system, God. Lord, I declare victory in the prison system, God. Young men and women, Lord, who have given their life over to the devil can now come back to you, God. I declare victory in the hospital, God. Lord, I declare victory, Lord. Lord, I declare victory at the traffic lights. Some drivers need to be saved, God. Lord, I declare victory at the restaurant. Lord, I declare victory at the churches, God. The churches who just show up and do things like it because they feel like they have to, God. God send the Holy Ghost. Lord, I don't know about you, but I don't know about you, but I need a good old dose of the Holy Ghost this morning. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I don't care if you want to stay on your seat. I don't care if you want to come down. But I just want you to worship the Lord and tell him what you need. Do you need salvation? You say, God, I need you to save me. Do you need sanctification? You say, God, sanctify me. But if you need the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, In the last days I will send my spirit upon all flesh. He didn't say just the men. He didn't say just white people. He said, all flesh, amen. Even the children, amen. He said, I will send my spirit on all flesh. I will send my spirit on all flesh. Black flesh, white flesh, brown flesh, yellow flesh. I will send my spirit on all flesh. And I will baptize them in the name, in my spirit. Hallelujah. What do you need from God? What do you need from God today? What do you need from God today? If you leave here without something from God that is on you, amen, what do you need from God today? I want you to raise your hand right now. If you want to come to the altar, that's fine. Whatever you need to do, it doesn't matter. You stay where you're at. If you need something from God right now, I want you to raise your hand and say, God, send me your spirit. Lord, come on, do it with me now. Send me your spirit, God. Listen, don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Pastor, I'm uncomfortable with speaking out loud. Well, I'm going to tell you in heaven, the Bible says in heaven we're going to be shouting and screaming. Read Revelation. We're going to be shouting in heaven. 
Read Revelation. Raise your voices right now. Say, Lord, I need this from you. I need this from you right now, God. I need this from you right now, God. God, I need you to touch my dad this morning, God. God, I need you to touch my dad and my mom this morning, Lord, please. What do you need from the Lord this morning, God? What do you need from the Lord this morning? The Lord says, I, am, I draw myself and I am near to the brokenhearted. Oh, God, Lord, I need you to bring revival to Juno. Oh, God, Lord, I want every person who is in the hospital bed to be healed of what they're going through right now, God. Lord, this young man on the third floor who has cancer, God, heal him right now in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, let him give his life to you right now in the name of Jesus. God, for the drunk that is laying in the downtown in his own urine, God, I pray right now, God, that you will save him right now, God. Lord, Lord, sober him up enough right now to let him know that you love him, oh God. Lord, I pray for the family member who is molesting another young child, God. I pray that you tell him to stop right now and get a hold of their heart, God. Lord, I I pray for the young mother who doesn't know what she's going to do, and so she turns to alcohol, God. Lord, save her right now, God. Oh, God, come on. We need revival right now, God. We need revival right now. We need revival right now. We need revival right now. If you want revival, I want you to raise your hands and say, Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. And start with me, God. Start with me, God. Start with me, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, I praise your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. One last thing, if you need me to pray for you, I want you to come to the altar right now. If you need me to just pray for you. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.